Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, final hours here, Wednesday edition, Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Thanks to Kelly Stewart for sitting in for Chad this week here in Nashville. If you're uh, streaming live on Outkick's YouTube page, we say thank you. Same goes for this great radio partner. Uh, you can check out Outkick.com. That's where we'll be streaming live coming up next week. And also, you can check out the Outkick store. It is finally live. You can stock up on all of the great gear. Tons of it. Stock up on the golf polos, t-shirts, hats, and more. Shop.outkick.com is where you go for that. Uh, Russell Wilson has been benched. So have many quarterbacks uh, across the league right now. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Mentioned their record. They've lost, what, six in a row in Washington. Uh, Ron Rivera is a dead man walking. It's evident just based on Josh Harris's comments even before the season. He was like, hey... Uh, and I agree with this. He said, hey, um, well, what Ron Rivera did, you know, going through an eight-win season, trying to get that team with what they were going through with Dan Snyder and just the rudderless, leaderless franchise where the owner's not even in the building, not allowed to be. You've got that. You've got all the other turmoil, turmoil that's going on. And he actually had that team competitive. Props. But now it's about wins and losses, and they're not doing that. What he's doing is playing out the season. I'm, you know, there are a lot today, Kelly. There are a lot of quarterback moves of QBs that are on one-year deals. Brissett's one of those. Uh, Gardner Minshew's a backup playing in Indianapolis. He's on a one-year contract. Terod Taylor is back in the starting lineup for the New York Giants. So peace out, Tommy DeVito and agent. Um, you've got Terod Taylor who now hosts the Los Angeles Rams. Then they will face the Philadelphia Eagles in back-to-back weeks to finish out the season. Um, and Tannehill was playing. He'll play again for the Titans if Will Levis can't go. There's a lot of – and he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Mason Rudolph. What's going on over in, uh, you know, Pittsburgh? Kind of have a lot of questions. Kirk Cousins. Obviously, we know it's not Josh Dobbs. Nick Mullins definitely isn't the answer. No. Atlanta? I mean, what Atlanta's got their Atlanta's own Atlanta's got to move on with their quarterback, too, with Desmond Ritter. Um, I don't know Heineke's contract, but again, like it's, it he's not the much. answer either. Washington, though, right now they've got the third overall pick, I believe. Um, four wins on the season. Losers of six straight, making the quarterback change. They're drafting a quarterback. The question is, who's, who are they going to hire to draft said quarterback? You know, it's been ballied about that Josh Harris wants to potentially trade for Bill Belichick. I don't know if that's going to come to fruition because, again, it's based on the setup. I think Belichick would rather go to a system where you have, like, Justin Herbert, hypothetically, already in place. You're set and ready to go. There's a lot of talent in Los Angeles with the Chargers. They don't have a lot of cap space. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Not necessarily the case in Washington. You know, they have 
got some guys, but they don't have the guy at quarterback. I think they're going in the draft. I don't think you're signing one of these guys there. They've, is, they've done that merry-go-round a This lot. is where my brain goes because it is a merry-go-round, and yeah. every single NFL team does this. What happened to the days of – okay, let's use the Packers because we talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. Yep. Brett Favre is your guy. They draft Aaron Rodgers. He learns behind. Jimmy Garoppolo learns behind Tom Brady. Like, what – what the Panthers did this year, it, okay, then on the flip side, what the Texans did this year with C.J. Yeah. Stroud, it is, if you asked me at this time last year, who would you rather have? I could have made a compelling case for both, but then also I would argue that, hey, we know Ohio State quarterbacks don't pan out in the NFL. And then uh, this but, is the one guy. Okay, and, and that's fine. But it works out, what, one out of 50 times? Is what, it even that high? When you hit like this? From Ohio State, is that what you're saying? No, I'm talking about when you draft a quarterback, they don't – you're not going to get the second coming of Aaron Rodgers without him learning behind the Brett Favre, right? So we put these kids in precarious positions. Trevor Lawrence, for example, right? Right. He's really gotten to develop with the Jaguars. I think Doug Peterson's done a good job with him. Yeah, his, I, his rookie year was year two. Correct. I think where – my problem is, is we take a Bryce Young, who we know is super talented. We throw them into an organization that is an absolute utter dumpster fire. We give them a first-year head coach, yep. new ownership, new. There, there's so many issues outside of that, and then we say, "Well, Bryce Young's not any good. No, we got to draft it. Nope, we're going to move on it from is, him." It, it is a lot of philosophy and fit. It is. I, I don't um, understand it. And it is also about the quarterback and the makeup, though. Too the the the. I mean. Sink or swim. Every rookie quarterback, for the most part, first-rounders, are going to an organization that sucks. Correct. They're going to play behind an offensive line that is abysmal, for the most part. But why – I mean, I, I would play the quarterback immediately. I'm starting me. the clock. I'm, I'm, I'm taking advantage of the contract. The contract's in the organization's favor. Tank Williams said that. Explain to me why we wouldn't trade, if I'm hypothetically yep. the Panthers, trade for Justin Fields, you give them Bryce Young – or you give them something, right? And you have now a quarterback. Well, but you're not having to pay Bryce Young. You can't pay Bryce Young, Justin Fields' money for another two years after the season. That's fair. Even if you wanted to. Like, Brock Purdy's going to make eight hundred grand next year. Because they, <laughs> can't, they cannot extend just, him. Which is just insanity to me. And that's the and, players. That's on the players. That's and, the collective bargaining agreement. And I get that. I think that you're not getting... You're, you're just not getting the best from these guys. They don't have the ability. You, the, the step up from college, whether you're a national champion or you're a college yep. football playoff contender, the, the leap is so great. I think we're setting them up for failure. What it is, is the, uh, the ha this sounds crazy, but the hash marks play a massive difference for the quarterbacks. In college football, the, the, the game is played sideline to sideline. Correct. The NFL game, it's almost a different sport. It's played right down the middle of the field because the hashes are so close together. Um, so there's not one like far side where you're using your best athletes and you're spreading everyone out and the speed of the game. Is, th that's where the speed of the NFL defense is. It, it takes you, you either can figure it out or you can't as the it, as the quarterback. And sometimes, I mean, Justin Fields, I'm not, I mean, consider what Washington could do. Washington was one of what three teams that attempted to trade for Russell Wilson. Denver's now benched him. Washington was in on the mix. I think the Saints were, and the New York Giants were the other team. That 
Washington could go the veteran route. They could trade for Justin Fields. Again, that, that, I think that's a good example. But who's the coach? I think that's, that's critical here because if you have a veteran coach, I think more times than not, the veteran coach is going to want the quick fix. I'm saying the older coach right. is going to want the quick fix. Which is go what ahead Frank and get Reich wanted. And Frank Wright, but he, you know, and that didn't he was work brought out well in to pick his quarterback and he's gone quickly. So was the offensive coordinator way before him. I, I just... Uh, but I also have to wonder, like, these guys got fired in other positions. What makes you think that they're going to be successful in your organization? There's just not enough pool to choose these guys well, I mean, from. it depends. I, I, exactly. I mean, I, there are, there's Ben Johnson in Detroit who declined to take a job last year. He went back for another year in Detroit. He's, what, 20? Well, not everybody's meant to, be, not meant to be a head coach. Well, but, I mean, you take it if you get the opportunity. You've got... Well, um, you have to. Um, let's see. Um, you've got the... A couple of other coaches that turned out. Dan Quinn, yeah. defensive coordinator, who's been around. You know, he's been the head coach. Turned down opportunity to. Inter- I think he did. He interview in Denver. He he was offered to be interviewed in multiple spots. Chose not to, um, and stayed again in Dallas. I think he's going to be a. a he's going to be a head coach again, and he's going to have his pick. Um, Harbaugh. You know, is Harbaugh going to go the veteran route or the rookie route? I think he would go the rookie route. I think he would go the rookie route. But he's going to be the GM too. But I also have to wonder, because some of these guys are more figureheads. Some of these guys right. are player developers. And that's depending on who you have as your head coach, depending yeah. on what route they want to go. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, whether or not he's had a successful last couple of years is up for debate. But the reason why they got rid of him is because they had Tom Brady. And for a couple of years, Jimmy Garoppolo showed – Okay, maybe he is the guy, and he was obviously hurt. But at least they gave him the opportunity to develop. Yes, and like they, we the, saw the with, luxury of never I – mean, there was a skill to not getting hurt, too, and Brady had that. He know? did, and but look what Trevor Lawrence said to Anthony Richardson week one. Man, you can't put your body on the line like that. Turns around two weeks later, puts his That's body on issue. the line like that, and now he's – Well, they're, they're behind, the, behind the scenes in Indy. They're worried about that. Yeah. Because he's rolling out, and he's – He's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield did that in Cleveland, lowering the shoulder for no reason in the preseason. Again, it's in a the different, It's a completely that. different game in the NFL, and, yeah. and the way that the defensive coordinators are, it is such a different high level. The athletes are bigger, faster, stronger. You're going to get hurt, and I almost again I keep going back to you're setting them up for failure. You've got to give them time. If Anthony Richardson's played his entire career from middle school to college that way, he can't just turn it off. Well, Anthony Richardson, how, how many snaps was it in total uh, from high school to college combined was like 800 snaps yeah. or something, like an extreme low number. Yes. And for whatever reason, Dan Mullen didn't play him. Then um, he still in, ends up the number four overall pick. Well, Every, he, everyone even said he needed a year or two, and now the year one's wasted. But, I mean, you've got to throw him in. Because you want to start the clock so that in year two, year three, really, is when you want to capitalize on their contract because you can give Tyreek Hill a boatload of money. They haven't paid Tua yet. You can have Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and you can trade for a a premier defensive end. You can bring in Jalen Ramsey because Tua hasn't been paid yet. So I, I, I totally agree with playing them. You just have to be... Mike McDaniel's the difference, though. You know, It's about the fit. And there are a lot of bad coaches. There are a lot, a of, lot bad of bad coaches. staffs. There's no development. Um, you know, do you think it's too much of like a good old no, boys club? Like you just hire. Well, they, they 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 rest on this. Oh, we you know we don't have enough time to practice with these guys. They half these coaches 
I mean, Doug Peterson does a, a mandatory minicamp. Veterans don't even have to go. He just gives them that weekend off. Like, uh, okay, you can no longer complain about not having time. You can't have a dizzy bat race on the final day of OTAs, <laughs> and that's a day where the players are voluntarily there, and you're wasting it on a dizzy bat race and a blindfold. Whatever. I, like, I understand they, why they have they fun. They do all this crap, and I, then they I, complain about the lack of I get the one to have fun, and that's some of my favorite parts of – of hard knocks when you catch those moments of them having fun, but you can bet Belichick does not do dizzy bat races. No, but he did. No, he did. He did the Halloween party with Randy Moss. You remember this? The no. year they went to the Super Bowl it was 2007, I think. Um, Randy Moss comes in, Brady's in there, and he's like, "Hey, coach, I, you know, I want to thinking about you know throwing a party, and I'd love for you to come Halloween party." And Belichick was all about it, all about it. I'm shocked in the middle of the season. And he shows up with his. Uh, girlfriend and they're you know all dressed up i forgot what they went as but it's hilarious be right back yeah I gotta Google and this. randy moss throwing the party uh yeah it's uh it's, it's just the command of the locker room really and so you do have to like, like you're going to play top golf one day i'm like i don't want to hear from the coaches talking about the lack of uh development time with the uh, 20, 2013 2013 Important reminder that Randy Moss actually got Bill Belichick to dress up for and smile for his Halloween party back in 2013. He, He's smiling. What did he dress as? Did a pirate. A pirate. <laughs> Him and his girlfriend are pirates. Yeah. I so, love it. That is actually shocking because everything I've heard out of New England, uh, I've had a couple of different friends play for them, said it is the closest to the military oh, as yeah. they could have ever gotten from a, as a professional athlete. I uh, had a, a couple of friends as well that played, and they uh, when they signed here in Tennessee – they immediately started doing radio shows. They started, you know, getting out with the uh, philanthropy and doing more events during the week, during the season. It is the Patriot way, but you went there to win. You know, you went there to win. Then you're not doing that now. Yeah, I don't think I would be. I think I would be very authoritarian no, as a as a head coach. And, you would? I, I think you have to be. We're, we're I don't talking. think Mike McDaniel is okay. So you're just saying like the the dominance of Belichick speaks for itself. I don't think Andy Reid's very. Very much like that. He's he allows his quarterback to just kind of do. I think you got to run a tight ship. I think everything. you run a tight ship. I think you keep everybody on the same even playing field, like the military, because then you don't have people veering off or thinking that they're better than others or making more money than others. There there becomes no animosity. Right now, there's a lot of animosity going on in Kansas City. Well, that's I, I'm. I'm not blaming Kelsey's Andy Reid. Kelsey's going on a tirade, cuss word filled tirade on his podcast. Saying it starts with him, you know, he's got to be better, but you know, everybody's got to be accountable. It's a different, um, it is a different message coming out of there, and it's it's odd it, because no, you expect someone to get out of a funk and start catching the football. You know, they trade for Tony, uh, setting up for this year. He's awful. And he's as got is, the yips. He's uh, like a kicker. As is half there. I mean, the only uh, Rasheed Rice is the yeah, only Rashi guy. Yeah, Rice. Yeah. It's a really you know. And what are they going to and... start double teaming him? Because it doesn't seem like Kelsey can catch anything either. Well, that was so. The, the thing that made them so difficult, as you know, is like you had to either double Kelsey. And and you we could double one... Kelsey and Tyreek. Yeah, you had one on one on the outside with Tyreek Hill, or you would help over the top with Tyreek Hill, and then you had to have a linebacker or a safety that could match up with Kelsey. Kevin Byard did that well. So the Titans defense generally had success yeah. oh, I, against Kansas City. I took the Titans all the time as but a dog was, against Kansas City. Bayard was that reason because he he could defend Kelsey. But they uh, one thing they couldn't do is try to get to Mahomes and actually keep him in the cylinder in the pocket. 
he escapes that so well. Uh, even in the loss last week. Oh, he still does. Last weekend. He's maneuvering his way in and out of traffic like like the best. Like the best. He's going he's gonna to get Do paid you, like the best. Too. Well, he, he's already getting paid like the best, and I think it's hurting the rest of his team. And I think a real leader well, he's would seven, say— He's the seventh highest-paid quarterback right now. Well, I understand. But at a certain point in time, come on, how much money do you really need? Uh, do you say that about the NFL that's getting a billion dollars for a Black Friday game? Okay, I understand. But they're, they're, then they need to open up the cap. They need to say something. Because here's the problem. When you're paying your quarterback that much, like you said earlier, yeah, it's great when you have a rookie contract and then you can have a good defense. The cap's going to go significantly up, though. Like okay. we will, it, it, the, the players get 49.5% of the media revenue. Okay. Um, that kicks in next year. The billion dollar contract. Got it. The ten okay. billion dollars over however many it's nuts. Um, and then you have Amazon who had terrible ratings last year come back and say, Hey, we we'd like to buy more time. And Peacock's doing a only on Peacock playoff game. Six bucks a month. Yeah. On the bus, off the bus. We jump in with the big topics including Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson, and more. That's next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, this week in Nash Vegas. She's going to tell you about the uh, Outkick uh, watch page coming up in just a moment. That's uh, in a few few minutes. Outkick.com. Click on the watch tab starting next week. That's where you can stream the show live. Uh, so I do feel like you contradicted yourself a little bit, Kelly. Okay. Because you said you're not very good at math, right? Oh, well, there is a, a whole different type of thing here. We were talking about during the break how people learn differently. Yes. I am not good at math. I'm not either. That pertains to things that don't interest me. I'm terrible at algebra. You make it about sports or about well, money, and all of a sudden, I'm really good at math. But is math math? No. No, no, no. Math <laughs> is not math. I Do don't I have need, to be interested in reading to be able to read? I don't need construction math. I'm never going to build something. <laughs> I don't need geometry. I have something okay. that I can do that. But I'm interested in the statistics oh, side so, of things. See, you, like can't, I, you can't like statistics and, be, and say you're not good at math. It doesn't interest you. I'm no, sorry. because I can cherry pick the data. I can look at something and, and give it a I biases. I can use it to formulate an argument. That's the type of math that I like. I enjoy... Looking at numbers from a sports perspective or a monetary perspective, well, and sports gambling just happened to fuse those two together, and my worlds collided. All I hear is like the, the Zach Galifianakis, uh, the meme. Essentially, so just to give you some uh, background, my algebra teacher in, in uh, high school recently connected with me on X instead of Twitter. You know, it's called okay. X now, uh, and said, "I use you as an example at least once a week." I said, why would you do that? He goes, because you Are good fought at math. me so hard <laughs> on math. You struggled with Algebra 1 and Algebra 2, yet you use math in your everyday life. Yeah, I mean, again, based on this quick conversation, you are good at math. And you, had to, you said your, your, your coworker or buddy sent you the uh, details of a – he did the math for us earlier in the show or something. Yes. That's where I was bringing this up because uh, what we're about to look at here are – We've got a graphic that you passed along this morning. Seven and eight teams versus eight and seven teams. And explain for those listening and watching what we're seeing here for the home team, away team, uh, underdog, all of it. So yesterday we had a guest on and we spoke about 
motivation, who is for teams for week 17, 18, right? Yep. Who has something to play for? Who has something not to play for? And to play for that eighth win to go 500 or to go above 500 or to make the playoffs, right? Because we know these are all the teams on the bubble right now. Yep. So if you open up, you know, the playoff picture, we're looking at uh, the Jaguars who are eight and seven. We are looking at the Buccaneers who are eight and seven. We're looking at the Seahawks who are eight and seven. And then you have the teams on the bubble like the Texans and the Vikings who are seven and eight, the Bengals who are eight and seven, the Packers who are seven and eight. There's just so many of these teams in the middle. And I wanted him to explain to me from a mathematical standpoint how historically these teams have done. So he likes to cherry pick the data. We have a, a database that we both use, but he is significantly better at using it than me. And I asked him to make <laughs> me a chart so that I could look at, from a gambling perspective, how I wanted to place some wagers this week and okay. how teams have done at home that are looking for that eighth win and they are, you know, above 65%. But eight and seven teams at home over basically the last nine, eight, nine years have been one of the best bets. So, you know, we're looking at eight and seven teams at home this week and do we want to place a wager on them? And how are they going to be? And these are just wins. These are not against the spread. The top, one, the top one's just straight up. But then if you go down, you can see how they do on the road. Eight and seven teams have been a great bet, especially as a favorite. Uh, 82.4%. So there's, there's three in the AFC South. There is three. Home hosting. Yes, and home favorites. So that means that they're at least minus one or higher are almost 82% against the spread. Away favorites, though? Are even higher and that I thought was such a particularly interesting data point because we were talking about this yesterday and well what about the playoff probability yes of course teams know that they, they have the Buccaneers know they have an 85% chance to get into the playoffs right now so what's their motivation this week versus the Saints and I know for me Saints was on my long list how do I make a case for the Saints team in this chart that he gave to me just might keep me well but this is off. interesting because the Bucks are eight and seven yep Saints are seven and eight. Yep. So, so you're taking the road team there based on what the the data you're looking at. No, 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 no. I think I'm ultimately going to not play that game. Initially, I liked the Saints, and then seeing not only the data points dating back to you know a, a 17 game sample size. Some of them are 13 game sample sizes. Okay. These aren't big sample sizes, but back to almost a decade. Bengals on the road eight and seven against Kansas City. I'm on the Bengals. Okay. Uh, I'm on the Bengals. That I can Steelers, already tell you. Seahawks matchup of eight and seven teams. Yep, I'm on the Seahawks. Okay. And these and that's so. That's what I'm saying. I already had this done. I did this on the plane. You have such great handwriting. Oh, too. I have terrible handwriting. I have such. I have. I did this on the plane yesterday, and I did some work last night. I had him pull this chart for me this morning because you never want to cherry pick data, and then make it become a bet. If anything, it makes your bet stronger or it keeps you off a bet. But you don't. So I already you don't like, increase your bet based on the data. You're either playing or you're not. No, no, no. I increase, this is helping you decide. I increase my – no, no, no. I already like the Bengals. I already like the Seahawks. This is just giving me that little extra nudge to say, you know what? Let's see if I like the Bengals just a little bit more oh, here the, in this like scenario. Like your top game or your best bet. Right. Uh, Falcons, 7-8 and eight on the road against Chicago. So that's interesting. I bet against Chicago last week, if you remember. I uh, was on the Cardinals. And I think that Chicago has just enough – that they need to play for, whether that's okay. to prove to they want to keep their coach, whether they prove that's where they want to keep their quarterback. That game, I did have Falcons plus three to look into a little bit deeper tonight. But according to the chart, 
where it says uh, road dogs that are 7 and 8, 14. Wait, home, a road, 11, 11, and 1, 50%. So it's a coin flip. So I'm not going to force a play on the Falcons here. So you just don't, you don't touch that game? Yeah. So I'm just going to say, okay, that's at a certain point. There's not enough there. See, I would just see 7 and 8 and be like, you know what? I want to do this because we talked to 7 and 8, 8 and 7. Nah. And Chicago's not one of those. No, they're not. But I do think that there are some caveats here. And, and that Chicago Bears team is a caveat. They, they are starting to play better ball. They, they yeah, are, and they play close games. They play in close games. Falcons off a really nice win. I laid one with them on Monday. They closed three. And basically after the first quarter, I was very impressed with this team. At the first quarter, I was definitely like getting a little fired up. Like, come on, guys. Like, what are we doing here? This is going to be another CLV trophy for my, my case. <laughs> I think CLV is closing line value, and that's what you want to have. But I've got way too many of those trophies this year. Uh, and then uh, do you believe in Taylor Heineke, who's in for Ritter? Okay. It's not that I don't believe in him. But the, I, I this Falcons team catching points on a road after such a dominant second half in that game, I think that this is, is almost like a trappy type of line. The other thing, too, is for whatever reason, Arthur Smith has not been distributing the football to his playmakers enough. Why? Up and down. I don't know. What's his beef with Bijan Robinson? I, uh, let's just go through the list, though. Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I mean, he's got a number four overall pick and two number eight overall picks, and they don't get the ball enough. You know, like Algier gets it more. I just again, it's it's we when he was the OC here in Tennessee, he he got the ball to AJ Brown and Jonu Smith and Corey Davis and Derrick Henry. He had a four thousand yard passer and two thousand yard rusher. I, I get Ritter's not that guy, but I mean, you can force feed pretty easily Bijan Robinson the football. It, it uh, it's it, very you would, simple. You would surely think it's not that hard to do, but it's very simple. for some I reason think. he gets near the red zone, can't possibly give him the ball. Is this a nightmare for you or uh, a, just, a, just an unbelievable story? Uh, because you hate parlays, right? Okay, so I don't hate parlays. You do. You hate whenever Chad and I have the parlays. <laughs> I just... I, When's I, the last parlay you played? My three-team underdog parlay week 13 of the college football season. Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah. Compared to like what we would do. Like, I'm not going to bet another parlay till probably March Madness. I okay, might have okay, one so, or two. So you don't hate them, but you... You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't win money betting parlays. Uh, this guy did. Uh, the NFL better cashes nearly $500,000 payday. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was the last to complete a 14 leg parlay where he had 14 players for any time touchdowns. He wagered $5. He won $489,383 and a cent. And he should never gamble again. Ever. This is like a. This is like when you win the lottery, you You're don't right. need to buy another lotto ticket. So his touchdowns were McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Gabriel Davis, Jameer Gibbs, DK Metcalf, Jerome Ford, Chris Rodriguez, Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Javante Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, and DeAndre and, and Swift. And none of these were long shots. Pacheco got hurt. Yeah, he did, but none of these were long shots. They were all probably in the two or three dollar range, maybe maybe four dollars at the highest with Chris Rodriguez Jr. 100,000 to one odds. Uh, maybe Calvin Ridley was a little higher. He hasn't seen, trust me, I had him on my fantasy team. I know that. Uh, oh, and then he had, he, he was sweating it too on the play because it was, he thought maybe his knee was down prior to scoring yeah. McCaffrey. And then the celebration was on five bucks. Well done, sir. Love that. Love that. 490 You know, these, these sports books don't show the other uh, $100,000, $5 losers that they also had on Sunday and Monday. They don't show my I find losers. that very interesting. 
They do not show my losers. Uh, maybe uh, some buy or sells and maybe some losers uh, with some options that we'll have for answers or answers to Davey's questions. It's time for On the Bus, Off the Bus. Guys, you mentioned the Christian McCaffrey touchdown that obviously came against the Baltimore Ravens, and we're going to start in Maryland. We're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens, and now Lamar Jackson will win the MVP. I'm hesitant. I'm back and forth, but I'm saying yes. And I'm saying yes not because the schedule's easy. It's because it's difficult. He's got it right there to grab, and it's wide open. This is traditionally a quarterback award. And if McCaffrey were going to win it, he would have had all the discussion prior to Brock Purdy being the odds-on favorite in front of Lamar Jackson and in front of Dak Prescott. They're not going to give it to McCaffrey. No. And they're not going to give it to Prescott. Here's the problem. They wanted to give it to Prescott. Just a few short weeks ago, he was the odds-on favorite. I know. Then Brock Purdy's back in the mix yet again. Because when they, remember when they went through that drought? Yeah. Uh, we had Three to write Purdy off. So then Purdy's back in the mix. Now Lamar is peaking at the right time. If he can beat the Dolphins. Then they have the Steelers at home. Well, the Steelers are not going to just be some gift wrapped. That's, yeah. Here you go. Regardless of who is under center for the Steelers, that is that I have seen that division put up such ridiculous dog fights, like actual rock fights, in yeah. fact, for the last 20 years. These these people hate each other. With a passion. I mean, literally, Mason Rudolph got hit over the head with yeah. a helmet in one of these right. types yeah. of games. That's not a layup. They will be touchdown favorites to the Steelers in that spot, but it's still not a layup. I would get on the bus here and say, yes, it is Lamar's MVP trophy to lose. Yep. And now, the, out, the outside looking in that I can buy into is Josh Allen. Because if the Buffalo Bills, if they beat New England this week, and if Baltimore beats Miami, the game in Buffalo in Week 18 will be for the division. And after their start and their sluggish season... And no, the every, game's in Miami. It's in Miami? Yes. To finish? Okay, even better. Even better for Josh Allen. Uh, the MVP stock is going to continue to rise if Miami loses and if Buffalo beats the Patriots. They should do that. That sets up, especially if uh, it's head-to-head against Lamar and and Josh Allen, the finish will get the votes. And I could see where Allen would be right up there with Lamar. I would say neck and neck, odds on for NFL MVP. You know, Kelly, you mentioned the uh, Mason Rudolph getting hit with the head. That actually happened in uh, against the Cleveland Browns. And we're going to go ahead and head okay. that way. And Joe Flacco will win NFL Comeback Player of the Year. What do you think? I want to be on the bus. I had a lot of people mad at me after social team clipped that, and I said I didn't think it should be DeMar Hamlin. The problem is, is they're going to say Joe Flacco wasn't hurt. So I got to get off the bus because apparently this is like a... No, it's not. That's not true. It's a, Well, Geno Smith got the award last year. Comeback player of the year. He can win this award, Kelly. 80, 80% chance that DeMar Hamlin <laughs> wins it. I'm just He's talking... Minus 400 I'm right just now. Just talking yeah. implied odds. So fine, uh, 76%. Uh, it, so... Joe Flacco, no, I'm not on the bus with this. I'm off the bus. He's not winning NFL Comeback Player of the Year. DeMar Hamlin, uh, and just thinking about the circumstances, uh, January 2nd of this year had a heart attack. And not only did the dude come back and put pads on in, in practice, I don't know about you, but I will not stepping foot on the field again, given those circumstances. Really? No. You wouldn't go play the game you love? 
Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, to be a practice squad player no. and play three snaps and no. have that happen to me? I would. No. Yeah, I would. No, I mean, I, I, I've already survived. He was in the perfect place to have that issue happen to him. He was in the best medical care is at that game. They yeah. have to have the top. They have the top. All, all any specialty is in that building. That's a mandate by the league based on the city that you're in. Had he been walking down a sidewalk and got hit by something, Correct. he's done. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he did it there saved his life. And six months later, that I mean, he goes from uh, people thinking he's a, a hologram or someone's like posing as him. I mean, it was bizarre. Just clickbait BS. And the dude had a heart attack. Like, I came back and played. I don't. It's hard to argue against that story that he put pads on in an NFL game where the quarterbacks are as brittle as ever. And here's Damar Hamlin back on a practice squad, albeit. Joe Flacco needs to be a high-paid backup next year. In week one, let's get it going. We'll continue on the bus off the bus next. I'm with Hunter Withrow. Rolls on across the Outkick Network. Kelly Stewart in for Chad this week. Appreciate her being here. We're going to pop back on the bus in just a moment with the top storylines across football and maybe even an MLB question uh, coming from uh, Davey's seat. But first, Outkick Network includes Outkick.com starting next week, Kelly. Yeah, starting January 3rd, the only place to catch Outkick's original and fearless shows live will be on Outkick.com backslash watch. That will be your one-stop shop for all things Outkick. That's Outkick.com backslash watch. I'm excited. YouTube, no more live on YouTube. How are we going to get to comments with people, though? I don't know. We had it available. I don't. We've been told that we will have that. Okay. Um, but, you know, if you're in the chat right now, we appreciate you. Load it up. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, are we, are we, am I following you on any bets tonight on these games? Here's the Cause problem. Because yesterday you said you weren't betting any Wednesday games. I wasn't. And here's, here's the problem. Um, Sometimes I like to find advantageous numbers and uh, with minimal handicap. So one of my buddies texted me this morning, very early, said, hey, uh, see if you can still find a seven on USC. I said, yeah, I got a seven available. He goes, I'd be betting it now. And now it's six. So here's kind of the problem. I had UNLV plus 12 and a half. Yes, it was a loser. But by the time we got done with our show, the market was at eight and a half due to the flu rumors about Jason Bean that clearly were not true. Oh, because you told me, yeah, you told me that right after uh, we went off air, but I got it at 11 and a half. Right. You and it. and it, w- it was when we mentioned it. So here's my problem. At a certain point in time, there becomes a little bit of overreaction. Well, I think there's an overreaction tonight in the Texas A&M-Oklahoma State game. This one okay. opened Oklahoma State plus three and a half. I love me some Mike Gundy as an underdog. So I had them originally circled. I said, let's keep an eye on this because when you're betting these bowl games too early, you get these opt-outs, you get these coaching changes Things have gone a little haywire, especially when you see these giant swings and line moves. So sure enough, now the line's flipped. Texas A&M with all of their opt-outs, now three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm keeping an eye on this one. I have not bet it yet. We have, uh, what do we have, a couple more hours? Yeah. Start at 7. Starting at uh, 7 o'clock Central, yep. 8 Eastern. Yep, 8 Eastern. So we've got a couple more hours. I'm going to keep an eye on it, see if we can't see a four. But I think this one's a little overblown. And- Alan Bowman's not, not some – prolific quarterback there from Stillwater. I mean, I love Mike Gundy, but this is one of those classic line flips. A&M should have been the favorite. Yes, of course, Jimbo Fisher's gone. Yes, of course, they have yep. their uh, former D.C. before he leaves filling in here to coach. 
uh, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Yes. Is what you're referring to uh, down in Houston. Uh, what about the the game uh, kicking off at Petco Park in San Diego, which is uh, USC and Louisville? Are you playing that at all? Yeah, so that was the one. My buddy said, "Hey, there's still a seven oh, so available." You got it. I at- did. I did take the seven. Right now, it's currently six. Okay, so you're saying don't do that now? Uh, it's not don't do that. It's just hey, look when when I, okay, it's like me telling you to buy a stock. Yeah. I say Hutton. I bought this stock at a dollar and forty cents. Right. And it's now a dollar ninety cents. Yeah, I would still buy it. Would you? Uh, at a dollar ninety. Listen, there's not that much difference. Seven is a very key number in football, but in college football, the numbers mean a lot less than they do in the NFL. You would rather what seven and a half? No, uh, seven six is not a big difference. I'm just saying, kind of buyer beware. If the game ends up landing seven, I'm gonna feel pretty bad about it. Yeah, the game will end up landing thirteen. Exactly, and nobody's gonna care, right? Yeah. I think USC we'll is. Uh, Vegas always knows. It, we're gonna see. I think sometimes you have to to. Handicap whether teams care, whether they're a little overblown. Louisville, maybe not, maybe not as good as uh, as being a seven point favorite over a, a really talented USC team. We'll kick off tomorrow's show with your K State, uh, NC State pick because that game will kick off at the very end. We kicking off twenty four hours from right now, I believe. Where are we going to watch that? Right out here, probably. I have to do a fourth quarter radio interview uh, on Streamyard. It's going to be pretty funny because if I have too many smoke, old smoky moonshines, yeah. Well, and K-State's losing, it, they could, it, I mean, I might get fired. <laughs> no, I, I doubt it. So somebody's going to have to keep me with the Starting next parameters. week, we're unfiltered, Kelly. Come on. Oh, good. Yeah. I love uh, that. And we're also back on the road for On the Bus, Off the Bus. Davey, where are we? Uh, we left off in Cleveland. We're headed north to Detroit. And this is something that has not occurred in my lifetime. The Detroit Lions will win a playoff game this season. Do you like how he says Detroit? No, I think it's weird. <laughs> I also do it with Purdue. It, it's a Purdue. it's it's a southern thing. They call it Detroit. I just I, say Detroit. Put the emphasis on the D. What do you say? Detroit. Yeah. But I'm from Kansas. We don't have accents. I feel well, like it's, I mean I do, but I don't. I, I pick up on Detroit. I just think it's funny. It is funny. Um, yes, the Lions are going to win a playoff game. Absolutely. I'm on the bus with this. They're going to be hosting. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, they have what the three seed currently. Yes. So they would be hosting either Seattle or Los Angeles, the Rams. That's what it looks like. Um, both of those teams are coming in hot, but Detroit has picked it back up. And Jameer Gibbs is, I mean, he's hit his stride. Don't forget, if it's the Seahawks, that's going to be really interesting to get some revenge from, uh, what was that, yeah. week three, oh, week four? Well, the better storylines, the Rams coming in there. You think about that, Matt Stafford oh. returning. and Jared Goff. But the thing, the thing about Detroit, though, is... Uh, I, I buy into the fact they could beat you different ways. Um, and it's just, they have been able to live up to the hype. They went through this little lull in late November, early December. They have picked it back up. It started with the boat race game against Denver. Yep. And since then, again, maybe uh, the perception can change pretty quickly if they're going to Dallas this week because Dallas doesn't I lose. Think th- I still think they can beat Dallas I like, at home. I do too. And I, I, it, I mean, it's going to be a shootout, right? Yeah. That's the anticipation. I like to, you have to keep up with them. They're one of the few teams that can actually put up points on a, a, a this consistent is, basis. I, I hate this narrative, but I'm going to use it because I can't think of anything better. This is last team to score wins. It, it could be 34-31, and none of, us sitting, <laughs> none of us would be sitting here shocked. Yeah, it, I mean, it, unless the, uh, the officials take over. Well, you know, Michael it is, Parsons it is, says listen, it is the NFL. Got the, they've got the star on their helmets, so they're being picked on. Get, get out of here. Uh, Clearly getting the right calls at home then. He's not complaining about those calls because they're winning games at home. Where are we headed next, Dave? Uh, 
Well, yeah, Lions last playoff win, 1991. Last time clinching the division, 1993. So, uh, big year ahead. That's or great. Big That's off or postseason ahead for the Detroit I'm happy Lions. for their fans. He tried so hard not to say Detroit. Uh well uh, tell me if uh, I mispronounce Ann Arbor. Well, that's where we're going next. And uh, we just went from the NFL to college, but might be another situation uh, with Jim Harbaugh. But Jim Harbaugh returns as Michigan's head coach for the 2024 season. We're off the bus with this, right? Yeah. He's not uh, coming back. Uh, look, I kind of had maybe this much of uh, like a doubt. Yeah, not anymore. So, not, not, after, not after hearing what I heard today. Uh, from Tim Brando, I, I I just don't. I think he's right. You you only get you get a belly full, and I think he has a belly full with the NCAA. It's it's time. I mean, the, the timing is right for him because he's going to be sought after by multiple teams. Um, he clearly wants to get back in it. He's he's underpaid at Michigan, but he's about to make up for all of that because the highest paid coaches in the NFL are getting upwards of seventeen, eighteen, twenty million dollars based on reports of what. Belichick's getting. He's not going to get 20, but he's going to get more than 10 years, 125, when it's all said on average. They would get more than... If, you're, if Harbaugh's taking the gig, and we know what they paid Sean Payton in Denver, and Denver was after him prior to hiring Payton, he's going to be paid handsomely. And I don't know if Michigan, regardless of what happens, they're in at 12 and a half. How much higher are they going to go to keep him? Because every single year... This is a lot like Aaron Rodgers every offseason, right? This feels the same way. They want him to agree that he's not going to continue to flirt with the league. Uh, and that's because of the timing. Because Michigan would have to go in-house uh, because all the other coaches have settled where they are at this point. Now, Michigan could hire someone away. But again, like it's the timing is way off based on the NFL schedule of hiring. And you can't hire or interview within the league until after the divisional round. You can do that with Harbaugh and get your coach in place and the bidding war can begin and has begun, let's be honest. Just staying here real quick, what do you think is the harshest punishment the NFL would levy on Harbaugh? Because we've heard those rumors that even if he does jump, there's still a chance he's going to get punished if something were to come from the uh, Burger Gate situation. No, nothing from the Burger Gate situation. No, but that's what, what did he, okay. Or sorry, the Connor Stallions I want to know what he actually did. What We spoke about this. What cold hard facts do we know as the public? About which one? About the Connor Stallions allegations, right? Because that's why he I just, just know my comment. My, I use common sense with it. What the NFL will need is cold, hard facts. It, that's all and, I'm saying. And, and, because of Spygate. You and, know? and just like with, when Pete Carroll jumped ship at USC, because he was like, oh, let right, me just right. go. It's going to be something similar. Well, but so what What would the NFL do, Davey? They are extremely careful. The, the, the rules are... Uh, ramp, they ramped up immediately right after Spygate with all the social media crews and where you can and can't go and all, all of this. Um, if they had hard evidence that he knew what was going on and it was much like the Spygate with the NFL and the optics of sports wagering, they're not going to put up with that. That That's where the uh, the whole idea that they could block him based on you know the, the bylaw that, from Goodell uh, where he wouldn't qualify to be a head coach or wouldn't qualify to be hired um, amongst the 32 teams. That's where it would come in. Uh, otherwise, I mean, he's going to be the head coach. It's it, To me, it's, I mean, I, Connor Stallions would be in the league right now in Denver had Jim Harbaugh taken the job at the Broncos last year. That's crazy to think about. Because Harbaugh knew. Use common sense here. The dude is on the sideline with the coordinators. 
waiting on the call to come in from across the field. And Harbaugh didn't know what was, who this dude was. I mean, is he, uh, is he Central Michigan staff? They have no idea who this guy is in Central Michigan gear on our sideline for week one against Michigan State. No clue. I mean, you can deny it's what you can prove. The NFL would have to prove it, but they won't be doing the investigation, Kelly. It'll be, it'll be the NCAA, and this will be three years down the road. Unfortunately, Michigan's program and future players will be punished. Of course. That's how it always is. Yeah. All right, guys. And finally, going all the way across country down to Los Angeles, and the L.A. Dodgers will win multiple World Series with Shohei Otani. Oh, I. What do you want me to say? That me and my friends and our gambling group chats are already like chomping at the bit to take the Dodgers under next year, the regular season win total under. That doesn't mean they're not going to win a World Series, but I do think that there is going to be such an overreaction in the marketplace that we're going to have to wait till like right before game one, right? In in, uh, April, we're going to have to wait till then, but there is going to be such an overreaction to his signing. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many games do people think he's going to win? I mean, what is it going to be like 89 games, 88 games? There, I mean, uh, probably more. It I was, mean, it, it was more last year, wasn't a, it? Yeah, they're winning a ton of games without him. I'm, I'm, so if we're just saying like multiple, like two, I don't know. It, yes, I'm on the bus with this um, because he's doing more than just taking the mound. He can't even do that in the first year. Uh, but I mean, the dude never leaves the field in a doubleheader. If he's pitching the first game, he demands that he is a DH in game two. The Dodgers two. right now, three to one. Three to one. Does that make you sick? No, there's just no value there. Well, that tells me then I'm on the bus with this. Dodgers won 162 this past season. Minus 350 to win the National League West. I mean, they should dominate. They should, they should have won more than what they have. I mean. But yet they under, haven't. I know, but now they've got, you know, the Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth of baseball that no one even covered whenever his free agency started because he wouldn't allow them to. What a failure in that regard by the Major League Baseball. In an off, their offseason where no one's talking about you because football is being played, you have the greatest free agent ever available. And the player says, nope, teams can't. If you're caught leaking, the caught leak. I mean, it's what uh, he wasn't going to play for the Dodgers if the Dodgers leaked that he was visiting. I mean, it was a. Looking back on it, he was never not going, right? Well, he was always I mean, going all, to L.A. Unless you ask, you know, Blue Jays fans, they all thought he was going to Toronto, and I didn't yeah. understand that either. I love the whole story of him. And then, you know, they get the other guy. Yamamoto. Right? Yamamoto. Yeah, they, Dodgers are crushing it. Meanwhile, the, you know, the Braves are playing chess, baby. Not checkers. I, I just, again, I, I don't think it's good for the sport, the way they're able to... Use well, that's the, thing the that, lack. Yeah, the contract. Yeah. Deferring all the money, they can sign other players. I mean, yeah. I get and, it. It's good for them long-term as far as the, the player long-term, but I get, I, the, just the discrepancy and not having a salary. Salary cap would make Major League Baseball so much better, in my opinion. The Nico era begins. Joe Milton, he's going to prepare for the NFL draft. He's not going to play for Tennessee as they take on Iowa uh, this coming weekend. And uh, Rodemaker for FSU, he's opted out as well. He's not going to play. Uh, which quarterbacks will play. We'll discuss Kansas State, and we'll go in heavy. We'll follow Kelly tomorrow in her bet with the Wildcats. That's tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern.